but rather if you can, uh, you know, have a, a sizable group of people that you know and that know you, have some sort of engagement with them over time, whether that's going to the, the, the association event every quarter or the conference or the, the networking event for your chamber of commerce every month, whether it's that or the digital side showing up on LinkedIn, making those comments, or even better doing both, it allows you to create this network where you have what are called weak connections, which people that you don't have a ton of interaction with on a regular basis, but that you have some. This is Outside Sales Talk, the best podcast for outside salespeople. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and we're here to chat with the world's top sales experts so that you can get their best sales tactics to level up your game. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, we are going to cover making human-to-human -human connections while networking. Uh, we got David Fisher with us. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you for having me back. Super excited to be here. Yeah, David's a two-time a two podcaster here at Outside Sales Talk. Uh, had to bring you back for this one because because we you know you, you do this whole you have all this expertise and do this whole talk on this and the, I was excited to have people hear it. Um, just by way of introduction to remind people, David is a is a sales expert. He's a he's a keynote speaker. He's a podcast host and he's a best selling author. He's been uh, uh, doing sales for about twenty years uh, or, or doing sales this type of sales expertise for twenty years. And he combines a nuanced strategy and a Real world, real world tactics to guide sales professionals as they navigate and leverage the evolving landscape of sales. David has two new editions out of his books, Networking in the 21st Century and Networking in the 21st Century and on LinkedIn specifically. Uh, I added this specifically. That's not the title <laughs> of the book, but, <laughs> but we, will, we will be uh, discussing both of those today. Um, so cool. Uh, start off. Uh, David, it's so interesting to me that you have two versions of your book, one specifically going with LinkedIn and, and, and the other more general. What, what was the decision there not to combine them or like it? Well, I it just walk me through that thought process and, and, and how you thought about that, how you approached that. Yeah. So the, the my first book that I wrote was Networking in the 21st Century, and that was uh, almost a decade ago. And uh, it really kind of covered a lot of at, what at that point was the the networking process, which was mostly offline, right? In fact, there's a, a couple nods in that first book to, hey, you should probably check out LinkedIn or social media. I mean, 10 years ago, those things were still kind of just a little, little sliver of our uh, professional life. And then the second book I wrote was Networking in the 21st Century on LinkedIn, which at that time, and again, this is now probably about eight years ago, was almost niche, right? You know, hey, if you're a real techno te gadget kind of nerd, you might be on this LinkedIn platform. Let's dive deep into it. And what I realized and kind of why I, I actually did both of these updated editions was definitely driven by the pandemic, driven by COVID. And I really wanted to see what was happening with networking and how to be effective with networking and relationship building in kind of a, a post-pandemic world. And by the way, post-pandemic does not mean the pandemic is done, unfortunately. It's just anything after March 2020, right? Mm -hmm. And what I found is when I kind of dove back in and was updating these books, that there's just too much stuff to cover <laughs> in one book, basically. And I do, you know, in the, in the networking book, it really is just looking at how we build relationships, how we do that offline, obviously, but also even in the digital space, because we are, hey, you and I are talking on Zoom, that's going to be here moving forward, we're going to have LinkedIn, all these other uh, communication channels with each other. Uh, but then I also was like, hey, because we couldn't go out for a year, a lot of people started to realize this LinkedIn tool can be pretty cool. How do we look at that as far as a branding uh, tool, as an engagement tool to create conversations with the people we want? And really, how do we have kind of a, I, I always think of like a hybrid approach, right? Even the LinkedIn book has to reference the fact that we're going to have offline conversations and vice versa. But yeah, that's kind of, that was kind of the, the genesis of the updates. Like, how do we really make this relevant? you know, in 2021, because some things have changed. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, and I, I, you know, it jumps off the pages of me as, as being really smart because it, it really is digital networking versus real world networking are really two different things with two different skill sets. I mean, you could be the best real world networker in the world mm -hmm. and, be, and, and be terrible digitally and vice versa. Right. Like, so, so they right. really, 
the, the skill sets probably don't overlap all that much, right? It's different to be at a, at a conference and walk up to a group of five people and in, introduce yourself than it is to uh, reach out to five, to make a comment on a, on a thread and, and, you know, right. it's, it's totally different abilities. Um, what, tell me about um, what, what, what makes a great network and what makes a great networker? Um, tell me about the components of a great and thriving network, what the benefits are to your life, et cetera. Yeah. And so it's interesting you even just bring up the distinctions between kind of the offline and the online space, because one of the things that I do want to kind of move people towards or point out to people is that, yes, they absolutely are different skill sets, yet they're both necessary. And in fact, they both reinforce one another. Uh, I think one of the things that we want to stay away from moving forward is this idea of just being offline or conversely just being online, right? Is how do we bring these two, two media, two worlds together? I, I think when you really look at the people who have good networks, what is a good network? I, I think there's a couple of things that you want to keep in mind. One is that good networks have size, right? They aren't five people. Yet they also don't have to be 30,000. Right. And what I really feel strongly, both from just a, an effectiveness standpoint, but also just a, a better way of living standpoint, is that it's really about building relationships with people and not necessarily trying to be everybody's best friend. I think that's actually the mistake that a lot of us think uh, we need to be best friends with everybody in our network um, to find success. And that's just not the case. But rather, if you can, uh, you know, have a, a sizable group of people that you know and that know you, have some sort of engagement with them over time, whether that's going to the, the, the association event every quarter or the conference or the, the networking event for your chamber of commerce every month, whether it's that or the digital side showing up on LinkedIn, making those comments, or even better, doing both. It allows you to create this network where you have what are called weak connections, which people that you don't have a ton of interaction with on a regular basis, but that you have some interaction with. And then where there's a, a way that you can move business forward in some way, whether that's helping them, making a connection for them, an introduction, you know, making them aware of something, or if there's a way they can help you, you know, you're, you're selling and you're like, Hey, I know you work for this company that I'd like to, to sell to. Can you introduce me? That you can, that you have built that relationship. You've built that foundation, that social capital, that you can then leverage, right? That's, I mean, to me, that's what a good network is. And so when we look at networking, whether that's, again, online or offline, it's always, am I doing things to create those connections to start the, the, the relationships? Am I doing things to cultivate those relationships, share uh, time, energy, space, uh, attention together? And then how am I leveraging those relationships, both for my benefit and importantly, for their benefit? Yeah, that makes a ton of sense to me. And, and I, and I, there's so much value in your network. I mean, I, I got my first great job because of, um, because of networking and, and frankly, link, well, and, and LinkedIn really. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, and, uh, you know, I, I, I hired my, my, you know, the co-founder at Badger through, through LinkedIn searches, mm -hmm. basically, like I was able to really nail down to, a list of like 120 people that had these specific skill sets. And then I was able to like, because I knew people who knew him, I was able to network with him and like, you know, mm -hmm. just so many times it's been so instrumental. I think that in, in my, uh, in my career, um, and I it's think hard, hard to even quantify. It's hard, hard, hard to count how much value has been created. <laughs> like it's so important. Well, and that's, uh, sorry to jump in there, but that's, I think so important to understand is that, I think there's two, two things that happen. One is that we know things come from our network, but they're often kind of accidental. And so we often don't put enough effort into it to try to make at least our activity intentional and deliberate. Like, hey, I'm going to try to start these relationships. I'm going to try to, to cultivate them, stay in touch with people. But then at the same time, uh, which is kind of uh, a conflict, which really makes this tough for us, it is often hard to ascribe and attribute success based on our network. Like we don't 
think all the way through it. It's hard to go, well, I met this person at this event and then we were on LinkedIn and then, you know, they introduced me to this person on LinkedIn and then, right. And then, and then I was able to have this other conversation with them and now we're doing business together. Yeah. And because it's not direct and this, and especially when I'm talking to, to sales groups, the, a lot of people in sales, we love the, the direct, I do X, I get Y. You know, and so if I do two X, I get two Y. It's a direct linear correlation. I get that. Networking isn't always like that. Um, and so it can be really frustrating sometimes when we're like, oh, I'm going to, I guess on link about LinkedIn, you know, sales people be like, well, I don't go on LinkedIn because, you know, I was there for two days and I didn't get business. And I'm like, come on, right? You, you, you know, yeah, you've got to invest. You've got to be there. You've got to build all of those, uh, all that momentum in those channels. Then you get to, you get you get the uh, the payoff, but yeah, it's not always direct, and that can be it can be very demoralizing for people. Well, well, I, I think you give a lot more than you get. Well, at, at least in my case, I feel like I I I spend a lot of time like introducing people to each other, and and you know this is this is you know bar, I guess a, a function of having a like having a lot of contacts on something like LinkedIn is like I'm the main connecting point between yeah. a lot of people, and so like you know, if, if you are that connective tissue, you end up making a lot of email introductions. I have like a whole a little form. I can do it in seconds. Like someone will As be like, hey, will, will, will you introduce me to this person? I'm like, yeah, of course, whatever. Like here's, and like, you know, as long as I know and, you know, don't, you know, know and like, or don't think badly about both people. Right. Like, sure. Yeah. But if you guys have a reason to talk, well, let, let me, let me try to grease the skids here. But yeah, um, I've got, yeah, I've just got the same little template. I copy it and paste. I mean, in, 30 there's it's a, a 30, template in the book seconds. if you don't have one and you're listening in go get the book there's a template there it is right <laughs> <Feel> it. <laughs> um is this is this why so many sales professionals struggle with networking i feel like i get a lot of feedback from people or i've heard people say like hey you know i don't the, the networking is hard and it's hard mm-hmm. and, and is, is it this mindset that they they want the results so quickly that that, that makes it hard what what is it about being a salesperson that uh, that makes networking hard? Is it the pressure to perform? What is it? That's a, that's a really good question. I, I think you're on to part of it, which is we're saying you're talking about networking uh, when done right is a long-term, uh, you know, you've got to invest. I, I call it networking karma, right? You've got to put a lot into it to like get something back. Does not help you close business this quarter. <laughs> and at the same, that's exactly, at the same time, you got your sales manager going, tell me about your pipeline tell me about your opportunities. Uh, we need to close. You need to hit your, your quota this month, you know, this quarter, like let's go. And that's, that's very loud. And that's yelling, you know, yelling in the ear of most salespeople. And so Sometimes pounding the, pounding the table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So of course the, the, what's also funny though, is if you talk to any successful, especially veteran salesperson, they're like, Oh, it's my network. Right. You know, I, I know salespeople who, you know, they've, they've got the, the, the sexy jobs that they make, you know, two, $300,000 a year. And honestly, they don't work super hard, right. but it's because, but let me be very clear. They have worked very hard over a career to build their relationships often in that their network um, that they can just call somebody and be like, Oh, Hey, John, I've known you, we've known each other for 20 years can you introduce me to the VP of, you know, marketing over this company that, you know, cause I want to go pitch him. Um, and that can often happen um, accidentally, as I said, just if you're around the same industry, for example, for a long time, it'll happen. But I do think you can do things to accelerate that process, to be intentional about it. What I often counsel salespeople to do is to, to split their time. And what I mean by that is go, Hey, Spend 80% of your time, nine, even 90% of your time if you need to, like going after the, the stuff that you're trying to close right now. You know, it depends on what your sales cycle is, but like, let's get this done. But, and here's always the but, carve out that 10% of the time, that 15% of your time. We're talking like a couple hours a week at most to do that networking where you're going in saying, hey, I'm not trying to like get business from you right now, but I think you could be a great referral partner. I think you could be just someday in the industry that I should know. Hey, I just met you at this event. You're not in my industry. You're not a prospect, but you're just a really cool person. You're pretty smart. I think I should get to know you. You, you know, and just even slicing out that that percentage, that does, I mean, it, it, it compounds if you put that time in consistently. So that's, I, I think that is a, a big reason why. And also let's face it, a lot of times 
at least historically, sales has attracted people who are very like, you know, what's happening right now? Let's go, let's go, let's go. Very action oriented, very, um, which it, which you know, which is great. But they're the the people that often get bummed out when it doesn't pay off immediately and directly. So you know, hey, it can be frustrating to do LinkedIn posts consistently over and over for you know weeks and even months and not seem like it's going anywhere. But you got to develop that critical mass, right? So. Absolutely. I, I, if you keep that in mind, I think it's, it, it helps salespeople get over that hump. Yeah, I, I guess the philosophy that, that maybe one could approach it with is networking is like prospecting. You know, it's something you, you, you have to do, um, it, but you don't get an immediate payoff. You know, and, and it's why it's great to be in the same industry for a long, long time, doing the same, yep. selling the same stuff for a long, long time, being at the same company for a long time, because your, your network and who you know, and just your knowledge of, you know, I, you know, oh, well, I cover this state and this state with this product. And, you mm-hmm. know, I've been doing it for years. So I really know this, the landscape, if you, if you, but a lot of those, a lot of the deals you close in year seven, you started in year two, really. You like you met the person at this event five years ago and you've known each other for five years when, you know, when even if you just knew each other a little, when that person had a deal or, you know, when there was an opportunity, they, they, they pinged you on it. Like you, you were in the conversation because of your networking. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe back then they weren't in a place where they could, they could hire you or, uh, buy your product or service or collaborate with you or you, whatever it might be. And now that person, just because of time is now the, the director of blah, 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 and is the decision maker or the C in the C-suite because their careers moved up. And yeah, you're not, I, I often use the example of like our college friends, right? You know, as we get older, I don't think you or I are, are you know, we're, we're, you know, still for spring chickens, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm only 24. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm old. I'm old. I'm 26, 26. Uh, to ignore the gray hairs and the receding hairline. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 my college friends are people I've known now for over 20 years. I mean, literally, if there's something I need for them, I call them up, say, hey, I need this. And they go, yeah, sure. Because they, they know I do the exact same for them. And it, again, I, you don't have to be best friends with everybody, but even just in this attention mad world, like getting somebody to respond to your email, if, if they go, oh, I know, I know, Steve, we see each other every year at the conference. Okay, what's up? I mean, that's, it, it, is, it is prospecting. It's long-term prospecting. And I think for most sales professionals, they also have to get out of a mindset that's still prevalent in a lot of industries of like hunting versus farming. Like both, you're doing both. Like they're not contradictory to each other. Like there's nothing wrong with going out and like, hey, I'm gonna pound the phone and I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, do some cold calling and get stuff going right now. And at the same time, I'm gonna go plant my field and, and make sure that I've got something that's gonna take a while. But man, when I get that harvest, oh, that's gonna be great. Absolutely. And what, what can you do to develop your networking skills? What interpersonal skills can a, a field salesperson develop to be a better networker? Oh, such a good question. I, I think there, there's a couple of key ways of approaching this. The, the first is something, the word has come up a couple of times already in our conversation, the idea of just being intentional and being deliberate, right? Just going, hey, this is something that's valuable I am going to put time and energy and focus on it. It doesn't have to be that much, but even just thinking, I, I want to be good at um, you know, connecting with people. I think a lot of the skills that we think of in the offline world that are important are just relationship building skills. Like they're not business skills there. Can you have a conversation with somebody? Can you meet somebody that you don't know well and ask them about themselves? Uh, there's a, a skill I talk about in the book called The Next Question, right? Can you ask the next question of somebody? And the whole key, the whole key is not to just ask them a question, they give an answer, and then you give, you know, your approach, but to actually go, hey, where'd you go, you know, to school, or how long have you been in this industry? And they say something, you're like, oh, what brought you here? Or, you know, what? How have you liked it? What's changed? Right, you're keeping it on them. It's a skill that's also really good for parties where you don't know anybody, and for first dates. Um, but <laughs> like, right? But those aren't those aren't business skills or sales skills. They're human engagement skills, and the basis of any good professional networking relationship is a human relationship. 
So we often talk about it's not, you know, B2B or B2C, it's H to H, human to human. Um, those are the skills that I think are really important to, to focus on. And it's hard to, again, check them off on a, a spreadsheet. Do I, do I have the ability to build rapport? Do I make other people feel comfortable with me? Do, you know, um, but kind of checking in with yourself, we, we know what we're good at and what we're not, or if not, talk to a friend, talk to a significant other spouse and go, Hey, what, what soft skills, you know, I don't like the term soft skills. What soft skills do I really need to improve? And I think then that, yeah, now we talked about then LinkedIn and the digital space. It's learning how to engage digitally. And a lot of that is, I mean, hey, buy my book, right? Uh, I'll plug that. But even just paying attention to what's going on on LinkedIn, what's going on or, or whatever the, the social media platform of choice that you're going to use is. What is the etiquette there? Uh, I think something that's great for salespeople to learn is how to have a personal brand. You know, that's kind of a buzzword and people have different uh, responses to it. But basically, you have we all have a brand. We all have a way that people perceive us. Uh, by the way, if they don't perceive us, that's our brand. We're nothing. <laughs> so even just, you know, as a, a salesperson going, hey, how do I connect in this digital space that I can go on to five, 10, 15 minutes a day? Even I'm out doing, you know, sales calls, even if I'm just sitting there waiting for, for my, uh, my appointment in the, the waiting room, how can I go and maybe post some content? Maybe I, I, I can learn. I think learning how to curate either through your own creation or your marketing teams or just your industry, like content and then putting your perspective into it, your insights into it, and then sharing it. So huge. I mean, I call it the Barney effect. Be like Barney from How I Met Your Mother. Uh, he had a guy for everything. I got a guy for, uh, you know, buying suits. I have a guy who gets me a limo, who gets me tickets. As a salesperson, I think you want to be the sales Sherpa, the guide for your prospects. And that means becoming that guy or that gal in your space for the people in your network, right? And what a, gr what a great way of using tools like LinkedIn to just scale. It, it allows you to have conversations at scale that you couldn't normally have. So I think those are probably the places to start in each of those, you know, the, the online and the offline venues. That's, that's got to be the best quote of the day. Be the guy for something for your network. And that something should be the thing that you sell. Yeah, <laughs> you you want all your friends to say, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I got a guy for uh, for business insurance policies. Oh yeah, yeah, I got a I got a guy that does that. I, yeah, very no, very powerful concept. Yeah, no matter what you're selling, I mean, if it's you know kind of a B two B, it's a complex sales solution. At some point, your prospect and hope and this might be someone in your network is going to be sitting around a table, a conference table, or you know a five way Zoom call, going, "Hey, we need to replace X." And you want some that person who's in your network to be like, hey, I should let's call Jill. I, Jill does this. Or I mean, the, an example I use in the books is you know um, buying a house. And I mean, we were talking before we started recording. You know, I recently moved. But both my uh, my mortgage broker and my insurance agent I've known for over fifteen years. People that were, are in my network I met early on. We've just remained friends. Done business together and other things. Like when I needed a mortgage, I didn't go shop around. I literally called called John. It was like, hey, just give me the best rate you can. I know, I mean, make sure there's a little something in it for you. But, you know, I know you're going to treat me well. I trust you. I've known you. He didn't have to work at all for that piece of business. I mean, same thing with my realtor. I wasn't like, oh, let's go talk to a bunch of realtors. I was like, hey, Andrew, we're moving. Let's do this. Well, and that's a great quote from your book too. In your book, you say people do business with, people that they know, that they like, and that they trust. I'm paraphrasing, but that- Yeah, old school like, sales adage. It's still yeah. true, for sure. It, does this change in an online world versus an in-person world? Like how, how does, I guess there have been several shifts in networking that I'd love to get your take on. One is the shift from offline to online that's really mm -hmm. happened in the last- 10 years, let's just say. Um, right. And then also the shift from our world pre-March 2020 to a post-2020 world. Yeah. Um, let's talk about how networking has shifted in over that period. Yeah. So what was really interesting is that 
I found really quickly, and this was even because I was thinking about it a lot during the beginning of the, the pandemic and, and lockdown, all those things. I, I'm still kind of surprised at how much hasn't changed versus how much has changed. It's actually a better way to rephrase my question. What has changed and what hasn't changed? How, how do we approach right. it? Like, well, well, no, it, a lot hasn't, I don't think. I mean, yeah, I mean, at its foundation, we're, it's still about, as we're talking about human relationships and connections. I mean, the sales job has not changed, right? There's not nothing fundamentally different about it. Uh, it's not, for example, take a teacher, for example. A teacher, online versus offline, is a fundamentally different job, right? right you know, right. the skill, like, in the end, we're using different communication channels, but in sales, we're still trying to accomplish, you know, the same goal. Um, and, and the reason why I bring that up is because it's often the fact that we try to go, oh, so many things are changing. There's so much uncertainty. And by the way, there is a lot of change, a lot, a lot of uncertainty exists, but Zoom was here before the pandemic. LinkedIn was here before the pandemic. Asynchronous video, uh, tech, like all of these technology platforms were here and were in use. Mm-hmm. Well, I it's think funny. We, I, like, I, hear, I hear how Zoom changed the world from people all the time. And I'm like, we had phones. Like before this, we... We just, we didn't see the little square of your face, but which half the time people have off anyway. Usually, usually when you're selling something to someone, they've got it off. I've noticed by the way, Yeah. (laughs) like you, you, you turn it on for your boss. You, you, you you know, your, your prospects not turn it on for you. He'll turn it on for he or she will turn it on for his boss. So how is zoom different than a phone again? Other than it's not, you know, (laughs) it's, 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 it's on your computer. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. And it, but I've been doing Zoom calls. I, I'm sure you have as well. I mean, my network is in, in business is national. I mean, it's international. I've been doing video calls. Skype was here, I think, when I was in college. Like, again, these aren't new. The fact that we were thrust into using them is, I think, what changed. So we, a lot of businesses who are just flirting with the digital communication mm-hmm. had to dive in. Again, as somebody who's been t- teaching people about LinkedIn for over a decade, People started, you know, paying a lot more attention to my emails and calls in uh, April 2020 because uh, they're like, oh, it's not just a luxury. We need to do this. Yeah. So, so that's what I think hasn't changed. What I do think has changed is, uh, first of all, the one thing that was good about offline networking is that it was easy to get in a room full of people that we didn't know. In, under some pretext and and kind of start the conversations by just geographic proximity, which basically meant we could go to the conference, we could go to the, uh, again, our Chamber of Commerce Network event, whatever you're selling, whatever you're doing, you could go to a place without having a whole lot of pretext for it and just be like, oh, we're, I, I often say networking events are kind of like singles bars when you're single, like you just go there and everybody's got the same reason for being there. And so it's okay to walk up and start a conversation and then be, hey, can I have your number? You want to go on a date? Same thing with business networking. That has gotten harder. I don't think that that kind of large events tra- transfers into like, you know, the 50-person the Zoom calls. Like that's kind of a mess. So, we ha- so you have to find different ways of, of doing that. That being said, I actually don't think those events are networking. Those are where you meet people. Networking is the ongoing relationship building. Uh, so I actually love Zoom for the ongoing part because it's easier, right? Um, you know, I even think about this, even if you're networking in your own geographic area, I- I'm in the Chicago area, to meet somebody for coffee is still, that's at least a two-hour commitment just to get there, to have that coffee, right? Versus saying to somebody, hey, it was great meeting you at X, Y, and Z events. Hey, you want to grab a 30 minute phone call. Just, I'd love to hear more about your business. I'd love to tell you what I do. You know, that kind of getting to know you conversation can be valuable. And it's so easy. People will give you 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, so I love it for that. What, what I think has, it worked really well for me. It's, and I talk about it in the books is even just using um, introductions as a way to meet new people versus those, those bigger events. Um, so like one suggestion I make to people is, I love the question. If you're trying to build your network, just at the end of a conversation, hey, Steve, you know, I am trying to build my network. Who's somebody you know that you don't think I know that that I probably should? You know, it's it's kind of like a referral, but instead of a sales referral, you're just asking for a networking referral. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if you're networking with somebody, you, there's a reason you're networking with them. We know people like ourselves. So I need to be more specific. Hey, I'm trying to network more into this industry. Who do you know in that industry that I should be talking to? Just, do you have somebody you can introduce me to? And, you know, one, if you just keep getting that one introduction, that's a way to, to, to try to make up for the fact that we can't go to those big events. And hopefully as, as things do get a little safer, we'll still have those big events. I mean, I love the, the I've said hybrid before in our conversation. I think that's the value of moving forward. It's, hey, I'm going to go to this event. I'm going to go to this conference. I'm going to walk away with 20 business cards. But instead of just throwing them in a drawer, hey, connecting with them on LinkedIn, I'm going to stay, I'm going to share some content, engage with theirs. Those top five people I really thought were not necessarily prospects. Maybe they were, but maybe there's the, then the five that aren't prospects, but you're like, I should know. Hey, Steve, can we grab that 30 minute phone call? You want to have, you know, just a quick conversation because, you know, we have a little FaceTime on Zoom, which can be valuable. Again, that an ongoing way, I think is really, and, and then when there's a point that you're like, hey, I think we should be doing business together. Hey, Steve, let's go grab lunch. <laughs> right? Let's then go back offline. Yeah. Let's pick up the phone or get it together in person. So. Yeah, that, that, that really lays that, that really answered the question well. I think that it's a it's we can move in and out of of these online to offline, and here's how we do it with COVID type situations. And um, what what are some of the keys that you would say are are for a salesperson to connect and and, and truly have a connection with someone um, that they've never met before in person? How what would you say? your key thoughts are there for a salesperson who wants to network with someone that they don't currently know? It's a really good question. I think I'm going to make some assumptions on this uh, just to kind of frame it. So I, I think it's important to go, am I trying to prospect to this person or do I just want to bring them into my network? I, I think they're two different approaches. I actually think they're similar. It's just a matter of, uh, uh, assertiveness, right? Because a lot of times if somebody's a prospect, we're trying to move them along as we were talking before about that. Hey, I got to hit quota. I got to move them through my sales cycle. You know, might be a little more assertive versus just, hey, I, I want to like see what's here. I want to like, you know, start this relationship and let it, it build a little more naturally. Um, I, I think one of the things, you, you never met this person in, in the real world. Um, you, you, let's say you're just grabbing a Zoom call. It, it, this is going to sound really hackneyed and, and trite, but it's learn how to do good small talk on a Zoom call. And I say that as somebody who's coached literally thousands of salespeople, and I always make this assumption that all salespeople are great at small talk. Most aren't. <laughs> and most, and, and I'm sorry if you're listening and you feel like I'm picking on you. I'm, I'm not trying to. Um, no, our, our listeners have very thick skin. They're here to learn. They're here yeah. to learn your ways. Um, <laughs> but we're, we're and, and it's actually, I, I, there's definitely a strand of our sales culture that's like, don't waste time, get in there, get to business, boom, 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 boom. Um, and I think that's counterproductive. Um, before you and I started our, hit, before you hit record, before we started our conversation, we chatted for a couple of minutes and it was, how are things going? You know, we know, we, we obviously, we know each other. So it's a little easier, but it's, Hey, what's going on. One of the great things about zoom is like, we can see where people are, you know, Hey, tell, tell Oh, your cat just walked by. Right? Like the, we, we have often been told over the pandemic or, or there's a narrative that we've seen a lot more of who people are because of Zoom and because they're in their home and we've seen situations and, you know, it's kind of a lot of us to access people's humanity a little bit more. Great. Do that. Right. I mean, that's, it's almost like walking in. I said that the next question skill is great for first dates. And I know, cause I used, before I met my wife, I was on a lot of first dates. Um, it's really just going, Hey, I want to be interested in you. You know, there's, there's, um, I, somebody said it much wiser than me and I'm going to, probably paraphrase and butcher this, but it was like, don't be interesting, be interested. Mm, right. Great, great top of mind thought to have for all salespeople. Yeah. You know, what, what's a, a very, you know, this is maybe not be as evergreen, but you know, Ted Lasso, uh, the show, there's some the great quote where he's like, you know, be curious, not judgmental. Um, I mean, it's the same thing. If, if you really want to approach networking, 
on a human level, it's like, hey, I just want to get to know this person. And that's why I say, like, you got to kind of turn off that prospect. Like, can I get something from this? Which is a good and natural wiring for salespeople. We're, as sales professionals, our goal is to create, is to find the opportunities, is to be like, hey, we have a solution. You have a problem. Let's make this happen. But it's kind of, you kind of want to put yourself in a space where I'm like, hey, something might happen. Something might not. That's okay. Um, let, let's, and, and especially if you haven't met them in person, taking those few minutes. Now, by the way, this is, I think, just as relevant for a sales call, right? That first time you finally got that prospect, whether or not they, they have their, their uh, video on, like I, I learned early in my sales career, people will give you a couple minutes of talking and of small talk if it's about them, if you're really, truly interested. And that, that foundation goes so far, um, both initially, but then just long-term. So I feel like I got off on a little bit of a rant there, but that's what I would do. No, not at all. I think that's, that's, that's exactly what I was looking to learn. And I think it's, it's, it's all about the, the framework that you put yourself in, right? Like the framework of networking or the framework of prospecting is just different than the framework that we, the mental place we come from when we're selling, I think it's just, mm-hmm. and, and you have to be prepared for that. This is not, you know, when, when you call a, a new lead that you got sent to you through your CRM, like, you know, that because mar- the marketing team found, found someone who was interested in the product. It is a different experience than when you're calling a random, someone who's never, maybe never heard of your company before right. on the phone. And it's different. And that's, that's, you know, the prospecting element. And, and that's different than just walking up to a person that, that, or, 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 you know, networking with a person that you've, however you're doing it, it, that is not aware of who you are, what your company does, not aware they have a problem with this space. It's just, it's a, it, networking is super important long-term but super low payoff in the immediate term. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not going to help you make the quarter, but it may, it, it'll make a career. It won't make a quarter. I think is the, is. Oh, I like that. You can have that. That, That's, that's for you to put in your next book. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, Hey, I, that's exactly right. Go back to something we said earlier that, that veteran salesperson who's, you know, been in the industry for a while or just been around. Yeah. Their careers are often made. that person who's been in your company for 15 years, isn't cold calling like you are, right? Uh, Hopefully not. If if they're successful, they they know who to talk to They know the relationships, they know the introductions that they can leverage. And now, but you know, that was, there's not one conversation over their careers. It's all of them. Yeah. Well, which is why it's so important to be in the right area in your sales career. Like, you know, the, the, the faster your industry is growing, the faster your company is growing, the, you know, the higher the margins in your industry, you get yourself in the right spot and then sit there and, and become the guy in that role for this mm-hmm. area. And you, that, you, that, that's a strategy to having a fantastic sales career. Absolutely. And make sure it's something that you like too. I mean, I, I, I do think uh, it's important that you're in a role that fits you, right? Industry-wise yeah. and sales culture-wise organization. I mean, selling heavy mining equipment is different than selling SaaS, is different than, I don't know, selling uh, financial services. All three completely valid career choices. All three have great places to be. But if you're a heavy mining equipment you know, person trying to sell financial services, you're just going to be beating yourself against a brick wall so yeah, I think it's important that you find a place that fits for you and then stick with it, right? Which salespeople are also not always great at. <laughs> you know, just stick stick with that company, stick with that industry, stay there and don't always try to sh- chase the uh, the grass that it's always greener on the other side. Of the yeah, pick, pick uh, that. That's advice I've given a lot of people early in their sales careers: is pick a pick a great pick a great spot and then stick with that spot because yeah. you know, four years into it, five years into it you're, you're a stronger, you're in a stronger position than anyone else that the company can bring in. Right. Right. And, uh, and so you can, you can really carve out a spot for yourself to, whereas if you'd been switching roles all the time, you just, you don't have the same, you don't have the same strength. Yep. And, And that's, and that's kind of a new thing, a new development in our, in our, in our economy, I think how often people switch jobs. It's like companies are valuing their people less, and therefore people are valuing the role less. But there's so much value to, you know, kind of 
growing with the place and 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 uh and really carving off your carving out your spot you just four years into a job you just know so much more than anyone else off the street could no matter how smart that person off the street is right yeah yeah 100 percent. you could take a very experienced salesperson and they're still in some ways starting from scratch in a, in, a, in your company yeah four years in i, I always tell people like it's going to take you a year before you even know what you're doing yeah. like at all right and like more if you're in not- some roles right like i mean if I, the best salespeople I know, if you know, who are in like, and, and the sales people that I know are generally in, in, in SaaS sales, software sales, you drop them sell, selling mining equipment, they're going to flounder, right? Like, cause right. I, mean, I don't know anything about mining equipment and you know, it's big. You, That's you, all I know. It's, it, it's very large and, and you don't want to stand in front of it. If it's on, I can tell you those two things, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now and, this, this piece of mining equipment, you really want to stay behind this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, I mean, it's interesting also, I just to take a step back and think about why we're, we're talking about career development, right? With a conversation that started about networking and LinkedIn, but there's a reason why, I mean, these yeah. things are related, they are connected. Um, you know, I think one of the things that salespeople often kind of shoot themselves in the foot is for the exact reason we're talking about networking is not just how do I get more customers? It's how do I network within my organization so that my ops people like me, my service people like me, I know how to get things taken care of. How, you know, how do I make sure that the upper management, not just my boss, but, you know, all the, this, the, the people who might be approving or not approving of my promotion, right? How do they know me? How do I go to that industry conference and know the thought leaders and the, the authors and speakers, you know, because I've been there, I met them and then I saw them again. And I mean, we're just, we're just people. We, we like to, to meet the, the, the people on the other side of the podium, so to speak. It's not just how do I get more business? It's how do I actually fill out my entire career? Um, and that's what we're really talking about. Absolutely. And that internally, that internal networking can be just as important to your success in a role as anything else, especially if you're new to a job, like figuring out, you know, who, who gets what done and who can help you understand Mm -hmm. this, that, and the other thing is so important. My first field sales role. uh, I think my dad, who's a, you know, smart man. And the older I get, the smarter he gets too. But I remember (laughs) even, you know, I was young in my career and he, he basically said something like, go make sure the people in the home office know you and like you, right? So even it was just like calling and introducing myself and, and lo and behold, like I would screw something up, right? Or, you know, I would get, fill out the form wrong, whatever. And they just call me up and say, David, you screwed it up. We fixed it. You're okay. Yeah, so mm-hmm. much headache and heartache was avoided because they knew me. And I, and I genuinely knew them and try to make my life easy for them. But yeah, you, they, they had a lot of power. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and back, back to the power of being at a company for 10 years, instead of, you know, one, uh, you, you just, you end up knowing all the people and who, who knows how to do everything and who plays what role. And, and mm-hmm. those, especially in a large organization, you know, a thousand person organization that, that takes years to learn. Years. And that there's a, there's a lot of value to that, I guess, kind of, to, to make sure we're staying tactical here, it's if you're in an organization, it's so it's, it's not just networking outside of your organization, it's networking within and being intentional about that. You know, I, 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 my dad told me, go meet these people. So I like reached out. I was like, Hey, can I have, this is, you know, 25 years ago. Can I have 15 minutes of your time? I'm new in this role. You know, I just want to, you know, I just want to meet you. Right. Um, but having that intentionality uh, can be really, really valuable. Well, and help people think about how to manage their network from just a tactical logistical perspective. Do you, do you think linked is LinkedIn the way you do that? Do you use like an internal CRM? Do you use um, a spreadsheet? How do you keep track of who do I know and when should I be following up with them next? Yeah. So, so the first thing you need to do is buy my books because I talk about all the stuff in there. Uh, (laughs) The second thing I would say is, uh, there's a couple of things to do. One is definitely use LinkedIn. I, I, I don't own stock in LinkedIn. I wish I did. I just, that's not, that's not my portfolio. So I don't have a vested interest in this. 
the ability to scale your time. It's a force multiplier, right? So think about spending 10 minutes posting something and not just here by my product, but just something about the services you provide or your industry or how you're thinking about it. And then having that seen even by a hundred people, which I don't think is very many, that's a hundred people. And so this becomes a very easy way just to stay in the, in the ether, right? To stay in front of people. So that's, that's, I, I think any good salesperson should be on, I think you should be on LinkedIn daily about 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. That's it. That might seem like a lot, but it's really not. And it's a great investment. I do think uh, using some sort, like I use a CRM, um, but not only for sales, but I actually have, you know, like a CRM that's really networking. And the easiest thing you can do, if you identify somebody who you want to stay in touch with, um, it's either every, for me, it's every three, four or five months or sometimes six, but that's you know, almost two months. Eh, twice a year is the least I would want to see somebody. I literally just have a reminder that says, call so-and-so, set up a, set up a, a 30 minute Zoom call, check in with them. Now, the people that I might be doing that every 30 or three or four months, it's, we like each other a lot. There, there's probably some business where, you know, they can refer me or vice versa. Um, generally, if I'm talking to somebody that much, I like them, right? That's the great thing about it. if you do this well, you just get to meet cool people and like your friends be, my, my wife jokes to this day that she, she's like, wait, you, 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 you said you had a business meeting. I'm like, yeah. She's like, you're at a bar. I was like, yeah, happy hour. <laughs> Right. And, 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 you know, she, sorry, sorry, sorry for partying. It's my job. Well, well, right. And, and then I go, well, what she really hates is then when I can go through and be like, Hey, that, that deal that I just closed, I got that from Jim who I meet every three months and we really enjoy craft beer. So we have a beer together every three months. So yeah, I was just hanging out and yeah, now the mortgage gets paid for a couple months. <laughs> She's like, all right. <laughs> How do you like them apples? How do you like them apples? Uh, but, and I actually have many people, I, I mean, this isn't a secret. I have many people say, wow, you're always so good at like just reaching out and saying, hey, let's let's connect or let's even just grab a quick phone call or a quick Zoom call. Be, it's not me. I, I have, have technology that reminds me, call, call Jim set this up. And then of course, after that meeting, I just go back and I change the date for another three months in the yeah. future. You can't do that with everybody, but even finding 10 or 15 people, huge, right? If you had, if you had, I mean, let's keep the math easy here. Let's say you had 25 people that you talk to twice, a, twice a year. That means that one, you're having lunch anyways, there's a great book, never eat lunch alone, Keith Ferrazzi. So true. You're going to eat lunch anyways. So just once a week, have it with somebody. You got two weeks off for vacation. You're not, if you do that, that's 50 conversations a year. Something's going to come from that. That's good. Um, so that's, that's that. And tactically, that's just how I, how I make it happen. I, I do like the idea of Zoom calls. Um, to be straightforward, I usually shoot for three or four of those meetings a week. I mean, networking is one of the main ways I get business. It's by referral. So I'm very vested in this as a, a lead generation, I guess, tool. But uh, just those two things alone, LinkedIn, some sort of reminder, um, th that goes a long way. Uh, those are the places. That's where I would start. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I've, I've seen people, and I don't use the Badger map for this myself, um, but I've seen people take our product that is for helping field salespeople and I've seen them put their own networks into it too. Cause you can, you know, you can upload whatever you want in there. Right. Yeah. And they just label them as personal and so they can switch it. They can filter. Okay. Just show me personal stuff and show me where everybody is. And, you know, cause I'm, I know I'm going to be in this area, like, you know, so who could I invite out to a beer? Who would I have lunch with? Whatever. And then they'll, they can overlay it with their professional stuff too. So, mm -hmm. uh, I didn't start out this call trying to shamelessly plug our stuff, but I, I have seen people do that. And I, and many times I I've it. been like, I have to do this. Like I have to put all my, but the problem is I don't have all my friends addresses, <laughs> but I could, I, I could put that into my own badge and route. So the way I do this a little bit and not enough, but I've, I've meant to start it out many times is just in a spreadsheet and just like putting the person's name, um, uh, when I, sh when I'm due to contact them next and, and kind of like mm -hmm. your little, your, your thing, you put your, your, then after you meet with them, you push them out. Um, yeah. and then, uh, and, and so, and it, and it could be personal, it could be professional, but just like, okay, this is the person, this is when I, 
this is when I should talk to them. I'm due to talk to them next. And then like a history of like, you know, notes, a notes section where I keep track of like, okay, when did I last talk to them? And, uh, and then I guess what type of contact they are. Now I've started to build that three times in Google Docs, but I've n- <laughs> I don't actually do this, but that's, if I were good at networking, I know that's what I would be doing. That'd be putting all, but it's so, yeah. it's so complicated at this point. You would almost just have to start it and like maintain it. You know, how, who do you pull over from LinkedIn? Who do you pull over from your phone? It's like, it's, it's, it's tricky at this point, but I guess, you know, just, you got to jump here's in, you, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Here's how I do it. Steve, here's my challenge to you. Uh, you probably weren't expecting your guests to challenge you. No, I'm ready. Make I, a I, Google like Doc. A, I like a challenge. <laughs> Make a Google Doc. I love it. 10 people. Put 10 people in it. All you have to do is, because you're going to kind of know these people. Like, I don't know if you're best friends, but 10, you kind of know. Seriously, just have their name, their email, and the last date contacted. All of that. So here's the big thing. I believe in systems, even like CRMs, to be straightforward, that will actually get used. If a system isn't used, it's a crap system. So having all of that, and I, I hear this a lot, right? Because I've thought about doing it. I, I have it over the years. Try like, I'm going to have a note about what our conversation was. What are the, 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 the points? In the end, the most important thing is just that you get, the most important thing is that you're reminded to do the outreach to them. That's it, yeah. right? Even if you start that conversation with, I don't even remember what we talked about last time, but how have the last six months been? And then you'll remember stuff. I mean, things will pop up in your mind, but just it, it's, whatever can get you to have that conversation is more important than any data capture. Yeah. So now I think networking is the most important thing that I don't spend nearly enough time on. Like I know it's important. I don't spend enough time on it. And I think it it probably falls into that category for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, you know, hopefully that that keeps me busy. Right. I've been evangelizing for a while, but I I don't think I've, uh, (laughs) I don't think I've converted everybody quite yet. Well, I've got a few quick question, quick answers, sales in 60 seconds. Um, how can you use networking to cultivate and build your credibility professionally? It's, it's all about putting the relationship out there. I, I think it's about the way we build a personal brand, which we spoke about. And, uh, your personal brand is who you are when, uh, or the way people speak about you when you're not in the room. So that's, that's really what networking is. It's having those conversations that aren't about, Hey, I'm trying to sell you. I'm just trying to build my brand with you right now. We're trying to teach people today to have more human, human, human to human connections, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how can you make your LinkedIn profile seem more personal, more human? How can you set it up in such a way that encourages us? Yeah, on a practical level, um, make sure it's first person, make sure it's filled out, make sure it's not your resume because nobody wants to read a resume. It's really the story of what you do, how you, ha- I, I think it's how you serve. And in fact, the biggest thing I'll say is don't write what you want to write, write what your prospects or your network need to hear or want to hear, right? It's not about, even though you're writing your profile, it's not about you. It's actually about what they need to know about you. When you, when you take that, you flip that perspective, all of a sudden you start sharing things that are, it's not, Hey, I hit this sales award, or I'm really cool because of this. It's, Hey, here's what I do for people. Here's the conversations I have. Here's the, the problems I help them solve that becomes much more attractive uh, to people reading your profile. And it's a lot more human. Do you have any um, thoughts or or tips and tricks for someone who maybe doesn't feel like a natural networker? Maybe they're an introverted person. What, what, uh, what would you have to say to them? If you're uncomfortable and a lot of people, this isn't always easy. It's, it's the idea of going to, uh, to school on the first day of, or on the first day of school and not knowing anybody. Start small. That's, that's what I suggest to everybody, especially if you're not really comfortable networking. You don't have to walk into the conference ballroom. Reach out to those, those people that you kind of know and say, hey, can we talk one-on-one? Most introverts I know are great one-on-one. So just do one-on-one stuff. Ask for that introduction to somebody that you don't know and just build it that way. Or conversely, use digital because some, some people, maybe you're a little shy in person, but you know, in the safety of your office, you know, or, you know, <laughs> your uh, dining room table, you know, it's a lot easier. So then, okay, great. Leverage uh, LinkedIn and some of the other digital platforms. But I think the big thing is just start small and, and everybody can be a good networker. There's not a specific type of personality that is wired for this. We all have strengths and weaknesses. We're all human. 
just, you know, just reach out and, and maybe be in, interested instead of interesting because then it's not about you. It's about them. And, and how can you limit or mitigate seeming pushy or obnoxious? Like a lot of people when they're networking um, or network, networking type activities, people are concerned that they're going to come across as you know, asking for too much or being obnoxious or pushy. How, how can you make that? How can you make that better? I once had a mentor tell me if you're worried about being pushy, you won't be right. So even just being cognizant of it helps. I, I think a lot of this does go back to the idea to share, which is make it about them, not you, right? The, the people that we think are pushy are the ones that are like, here's my business card. Here's, here's what I want. Here's who I'm trying to connect with me, 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 me. If you actually go out with this attitude of, I want to find out about people, I'm curious, I'm interested, uh, and I want to find ways to help them. It just, it shines a spotlight on that other person. And by naturally human reciprocity means they're going to also want to help you. But I think some of the best conversations I've had, I didn't say anything. I just let the person talk. And what, what is your best tip for leaving a lasting positive impression with a client or a prospect? Fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that's such a complex part of part of the process. It's hard to say just one, but here's, here's a suggestion I'll make, whether it's Zoom, whether it's in person, just when you're, when you're finishing up, pay attention to the person. Look, I mean, whether it means looking them in the eye, shaking their hand, doing a nice wave on Zoom, whatever it is, but actually... The leaving feeling is so important. And my, uh, an, an, an old manager once said, there's a reason we kiss at the end of dates, right? And if it's a bad kiss, it didn't go well. Or if it's a hot, like, that's how we know, right? We want that last feeling to, to, to be, um, be memorable. So by the way, don't, don't kiss people at the end of your networking meetings, uh, <laughs> unless it's culturally appropriate. I don't know, like, you know, uh, kissing on the cheek or something. Yeah. But in, in, I, in just, Brazil, it's always two, two kisses, one each cheek. A lot, of, a lot of European countries too. There you go. Then it's fine. But I mean, just looking at the person, just not, not thinking past where you're at into the next one you have or whatever, but just look them in the eye, say, hey, thanks for your time, whatever is appropriate, but just pay attention at the end. And I, I think that's something we often don't do. Great advice. Well, I'm going to attempt to summarize uh, all, all of the, the wisdom that you've given us today here. So First of all, networking online can be very different from networking in person. And you want to use online and offline networking together uh, to make both stronger. So you, you use them in conjunction with one another. Network in order to build relationships with people. As you meet new people, continue to connect uh, with, with all the people in your network to build those relationships and move them and, the, and move business forward. It can take a ton of time to build these relationships. So this is a long-term investment. Make sure you're intentional with your interactions over the long-term. Building up your relationships and your network will pay off throughout your sales career and can, can really make a huge difference over time. So you want to dedicate a couple hours each week for networking and building connections, and you want to be really intentional about it. Networking is like prospecting. It's like a long-term prospecting, right? And, and you can think of it as an activity, a separate activity like that. You want to focus your human engagement skills in order to start and keep your conversations going with your connections. You can practice how you ask questions and, um, and work on how to keep the conversation going and creating value for everyone involved. Build your own personal brand and, uh, and, and, Think about becoming the go-to person in, in your space. Be, be I, when someone says, I've got a guy, be that guy or that girl. Um, you want to ask for networking referrals. You can ask, uh, so it's, it's like a business referral, but it's, it's more, who should I know? So it's ask someone, somebody like, hey, who, who do you know that I should be talking to? After you've had a conversation with someone, like look for, look for an intro to other people to network with. Um, learn how to do, a good small talk on Zoom calls. And one key way to do that is be curious about your prospects. Be aware. Find a role that fits you so that you can sell things that suit your interests at the right kind of company and the right kind of industry and build your career out of that. 
network with your organ within your organization. Sorry, uh, network within your organization to build your resources within your company. Uh, super important. Try to spend 20 minutes a day on LinkedIn and send, set up reminders to check up with, with the different people in your network every three, four, six months, whatever, whatever it is, figure out like what the cadence should be and, and then actually follow up. This has been so just packed with good advice. Um, where, where can our listeners read more about your work? Um, what's the best way for, for our listeners to reach out to you? Yeah, so there's a landing page uh, specifically for all you cool cats and kittens who are listening in. Uh, DavidJPFisher.com slash podcast slash badger. Uh, but you can also just find me on LinkedIn. That's the best way to start a conversation. Just uh, uh, search David JP Fisher or you know David Fisher. You'll find me. And uh, yeah, just shoot me out a connection request. Say you heard me here. Would love to uh, chat and uh, share content with you there and help you in any way I can. Well, awesome, David. This has been fantastic. Um, great episode of the Outside Sales Talk. If any of our listeners list, uh, work in field sales, you'll love Badger Maps. Number one route planner helps you sell 20% more, drive 20% less. You can get a free trial, badgermapping.com. If anyone can think of other sales reps in your network, perhaps, that would benefit from learning these networking skills that David's taught us today, definitely share the love and, uh, and forward this episode on to them. David, thanks so much for coming today. Thank you so much. Love it every time we talk. And uh, take care until next time, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>